0: Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. On an exciting time, the new season's finally here. It's, it's landed. But before we talk about that, Dross, England play tonight against Germany. Are we going to bring home the European Championship, Um uh, Well, I'm thinking we are.
1: I think we will easy. 3-0
0: tonight. Right, well I wouldn't have said it'd be easy, but um, I'm going for us to win. And I do think it's been fantastic
1: how the women have played this championships and you know just just looking at how uh, there's been so little dissent because they were told if they uh, started any the descent then they get
0: booked and if they they'd bring that into the men's game it'd be much better wouldn't it well yeah um, but it's just amazing how well they've played under our new manager um, who's unbeaten still. I think this is a third European Championship which is still unbeaten in the tournament yeah. so you know that goes <laughs> because com- coming up
1: against the Germans
0: but that goes against us in every single way um, <laughs> being unlucky England but I think they'll do them tonight 3-0 I'm very confident um, at like I was when we prediction yesterday Asked me the week for the semi-final line. you went 2 one didn't you and i went yeah. for uh, i can't remember what you went for but i i do actually think that uh, you ought to have told me that they
1: had a, a goalkeeper way past their sell
0: by date and i might have changed mine then Right, yeah, come on what what does, what prediction did i put in because you keep calling me a liar what prediction you've got it on pink no i put four <laughs> nil
1: yeah i can't remember
0: that <laughs> i bet you can't remember that <laughs> <laughs> right so I just hope they win tonight, the Lionesses. It's an exciting time because I think they will. I think this, it's the best women's team I've seen for a long time. I think Rousseau is the female Thierry Henry, in my, in my opinion, the way she plays movement-wise. And a beautiful little black heel flick. But I will say something, the goalkeeper of Sweden needs to retire. That's Well, she's what... obviously
1: passed her best and it's what's an awful time. To, to show that you passed your best in front of... Listen, I know every English person enjoyed it, but it's not great, is it? No, well... However, while we're talking about the ladies, may I just just um, go even further mental, right? Our ladies went up to Newcastle-upon-Tyne yesterday. Now, you know they don't play full-time, and uh, it's a tough place to go, in Newcastle United. Oh. Well, I'm going to read out the score, right? Now, have you seen the score, Ian?
0: No, not yet. No, No, well, they've only I just got him to work, to be honest. Then. Um, 3 3 2.
1: Stoke City,
0: 4. Get him. So, um, the
1: lady's doing it for us again. United, which is
0: Newcastle United. Um, probably
1: thought they
0: had plenty of pro- positives, but uh, Stoke are tier 3 and
1: we won. So I'm really chuffed about that. I thought that was a, a great, absolute result for
0: the women. Brilliant and also got, we're going to talk about the women first actually because they actually deserve it, they're actually performing. Um, they've got a new sponsor now haven't they?
1: Yeah um, they've done a deal with a company called Eleven Sports who work a lot with community clubs and um, it, they've done a five year deal you can read more about it on, on the Stoke website but I have to say that uh, as you know the election's coming up again for the supporters council and I think you're going for it Ian
0: get it but yeah.
1: whoever gets on the council this time i do really think that they should be doing more for the women's side of the game because we aren't having the greatest time with the men but the women you know you've got people who are postmen and they're, they're doing forty thousand steps a day before they start training you've got people working shifts at the hospital it's um it's really important that we get behind the women this time because as ian Wright said about the about the England team, there needs to be a legacy. And I'd like to see
0: lots of local women and girls playing for the local football team, which is Stoke. Yeah, exactly. My thoughts, exactly. I think the female team miraculously somehow survived in the division last season with no manager for the entirety of it. No support from anybody up up in the top ends of the football club. And I think they deserve more credit. And I finally got a sponsor, which means they can now maybe finally bring a manager in and maybe put, more effort into finding these young girls because you know one day i want to see when the lionesses play i'd like to see a stoke player up there like back in the day a long time ago but but, you know back in the day when we used to see stoke players playing for the country you know it'd be great and that's what i want to see especially local girls i can remember i think it's keely richardson who's a part of the stoke ladies team used to to work nights on my place so you know it's nice to see a bit of sponsorship so these girls have a bit more of a break but yes, now
1: but you're absolutely right, so that's the good news.
0: Yeah, and obviously I am gonna run for the council this time because let's be honest, it's been it's not been run right and I've got to go in and sort it out, can't I? Um, if, I really don't want to get involved in this cross. I mean you talk
1: rubbish at the best of times, but uh, now you're going over the top. Listen, What I will say is I do hope you stand and I do hope you get in because we need fresh blood on there as well as some people that have been on. You know, you need a mixture of youth and experience, you and neither, but it would be quite nice to have a a new face in town and I'm sure there will be several people listening to the podcast who I would say if you're not going to stand yourself, please vote uh, because it's important. Uh, I I think now that John Coates and and the new guy, uh, Simon King, are more involved, it's uh, inevitably going to... uh, be better so uh, let's just see how uh, how it pans out but I wish you
0: every every success here well I'm a bit disappointed aren't there because I've put myself forward there and you've literally shot me down with a machine gun there really haven't you I'm not young or old well, <laughs> no. okay. you're middle of the road
1: you're opinionated <coughs> you just what the council
0: needs well that's it I am opinionated because if it's crap I'll tell you right and speaking of crap we're going to go into the opening day of the season which was Millwall against stoke city kind of so we're going to go into it and we're going to go straight in with his player ratings in the first of the season and that is Joe busy seven seven why seven that seems high Ange, have you been
1: sponsored by the central
0: because he he, he made some very good saves if if bersick hadn't have made two saves from the point two point blank headers and one that he pushed
1: around the post stoke would have lost that match by five and they
0: could have lost by 6 really because there was a goal disallowed offside which was hard to see from where I was sitting if it was offside
1: or not. 6 I'll go with. I was okay. going to go 4
0: but... You've you never p- liked Bersic have you? I, I love Bersic. I think he's the next England number 1. Behind whoever's there now because I think pitford has been dropped but anyway we, we're digressing. You um, did make a few good saves but anyway we're going with Bersic and I'm going to go on for, I'm going to go on for 6. He did make some good saves. I think he he did convince me that he can play in that role. Um, and I, I don't still think he's ready. I'm still not 100% convinced, like you aren't as well. But he did alright yesterday, I've got to be honest. Uh,
1: his distribution takes a, long, a little longer than I would like. Yeah, I think he holds on to the ball sometimes too long. I know sometimes he has to because the players are in amble mode but I thought yesterday he could have distributed the ball a bit faster. But He was one of two players who I thought uh, acquitted themselves pretty well
0: yesterday. And funnily enough, both of them are in the academy, but we don't ruin it. Right, so now we move into, for me, so far, a man who's definitely not ready for the role he's playing, which is Clark.
1: Yeah, I was disappointed with Clark yesterday. He didn't look like he had the confidence to go forward, and he did get a nasty bang on his ankle at the end, and I saw him limping out to the bus. And
0: look, I know things can change quite quickly, but I'd be surprised if he's fully fit for next week. And if he isn't, then we're looking at somebody like Dehaney, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Oh, got to be a new sign, because he's
1: not good enough.
0: Um Harry so Clark, I'm giving him a five? Uh, I'm giving him a three. Um, okay. Not good enough at all. Good to
1: see you've improved
0: and got more positive. Um, I'm, I'm being positive by speaking louder and quickly, because it seems like I'm being positive because of the way I'm objecting my voice. But I'm not. Um, Clark... Barely passed the halfway line last uh, yesterday, um, which is the whole point of a right wing back to bomb forward and put balls in. But the truth is, he isn't a right wing back, he's a right back. So the entire system that Michael O'Neill plays falls instantly on its face. And Harry Clark is a perfect example of this, which is why I wanted to mention something later about the transfer policy at Stoke and why dinosaurs created it. And to be honest, I can't really remember him doing anything of note. He did, not quick enough defensively. I thought was a little bit shaky at times. Got over overran many a time by the left sided player at Millwall, which I don't even know his name, which shows you how good he is. Um, not good enough Ange. Straight away, I've, I've seen him in three friendlies. I watched well. Listen, yesterday he did nothing. Not good enough. So Clark straight away not impressed. Right. So now we move into Josh Tymon. Yeah,
1: I thought he had a poor game. I, I didn't think he got up the pitch I mean he and Clark were so deep that it they didn't really help the forward line and, and I was I
0: wasn't impressed with timing yesterday for um I'm getting up with another three because I've got to do the same from both sides um Trad was again stood around with his mouth open which he's famous for now um I think there is a shirt design out there with a timing and picture with a mouth wide open yesterday nothing of key no sort of ball forward I think he did put one cross in in the first half which was to hit the first man again too deep but again wasn't linking up with the midfielder and this is the thing I'm saying about Josh Timon. when Thompson isn't playing left centre midfield Tymon's out the game and it's we're talking about wing backs and how key they are on this system that Michael O'Neill plays and I just don't think Timon is one and it's we're falling down instantly. And that's the problem I'm having. Right, now we we'll are go in with Conor Taylor.
1: He was my man of the match for Stoke. Um I know he was not he lost his man for the first goal. Well he wasn't alone in losing that man, but he lost his man. Apart from that, I thought he had a really proficient game. I was surprised we played him because I think I remember saying that I thought he'd go out on loan again and I, I, if they get in another centre half, which they're trying to do, then he may still well go out on loan. But I thought he was the best player by a country mile for Stoke yesterday.
0: He's a lovely lad. He's died in the Wolf Stokey. Um, he'll become a fan's favourite at this football club. And I'm giving him an 8. Um, I'm going to go with a solid 7, to be fair, for Conor Taylor. He's my man of the match as well. Um, showed showed real tenacity yesterday. He was really up for the game. And he was the only one, really, that seemed up for the game. And if we loan him out, I want O'Neill sacked instantly. Because at the moment, from what I've seen of him so far, he's our best defender. Which comes to show when we bought three in that, again, the transfer policy that we're going to talk about later, but a phobia was kept in his pocket for most of the game. And it was from a young lad who. You know, has been out on loan, he's only had one season out low, Out on loan and comes in and plays with that sort of tenacity and aggression as well, he looked very aggressive when he was pushing round, just to say, right I'm here, take note of me, I'm not not a kid, really solid performance and he's definitely my man of the match without a question, right now we move in to Ben Wilmot I thought his passing was poor
1: Um, He he has a certain amount of sympathy because he's not left-sided He looks like he's lost his confidence One thing you can say about him is that um, he never gives up But he isn't a left-back We didn't buy him as a left-back, he isn't a left-back He'll never be a left-back And I'm giving him a four
0: Um, he He gets a five from me um, he, he found it difficult in the first half there's no question he got himself caught a few times and he kept giving the ball away but to be fair to him Bradshaw in a phobie, he tangled with him a few times he was really getting stuck into him but like you said he's not a left-sided centre-back and I've, said, I've been talking about this now for two years and we still haven't fixed it and this is the thing I've said about Ben Wilmot when he plays right side of the centre-back three. He looks really good, he moves it around nicely, he plays along, but can control on that right side so he doesn't get overrun, but when he's playing on the left, he, he's not got a left foot, so people are getting round him, so he's getting caught, and it's, it's just stupid that we know this problem, but we still haven't brought in a left-sided centre-back, Ange. It's, it's just ridiculous
1: well who would you bring in look I, I, I'm not having it they aren't looking but you know we are shopping in a in a really difficult um,
0: market because everybody wants similar I'm, I'm not having it Ange I'm sorry I'm not I'm not having this excuse anymore that we're, we're not looking we're not this we're not that it's been two years Ange we've had we've brought in four centre backs in that time and none of them are left footed or left sided centre backs the truth of the matter is that there's players that are out there you know other clubs are finding them you know, other clubs are going out and getting these players, and we'll, we'll talk about transfers a bit later. And we'll go in now with what a signing, Aiden Flint.
1: Yeah, what a signing. Uh, I, I'm sure they brought him to win headers because he's not mobile. In fact, he's, he's just the opposite. He's immobile, immobile. He needs not somebody extremely fast with him. As far as I'm concerned, um, having said he was brought in to, to win headers. Uh, he didn't do very well winning his headers yesterday. Um, I was disappointed. He, he didn't dominate at set pieces at all. Um, he went up for one of our two corners, or well, he went up from both, but honest, I, was, I wasn't I was impressed at all. In fact, I was really disappointed and he's getting a three.
0: Um, he's getting a two from me, Aidan Flint, brought in to be an aerial threat um, and we conceded two goals from corners. So. I don't understand why he's been brought in. There's literally zero pace on him. I think Danny Bat's quicker. And I was judging him for being so slow. And to be honest, let's bring back Danny Bat, everyone. Let's, let's bring him back. Let's get him on loan to the end of the season from Sunderland. Because I'd rather have him than Flint. Flint is one of the most biggest backstep defender signings I've seen. I said this when he first came. And it already have been proven right. He's slow. He's got no movement at all when it comes down to it the way he moves with the ball. In the air, fair enough, he might be good in the opposition box, but are we really going to get that many corners with the way we play? Um, He's getting a two. Not good enough at all. And I'm quite angry about the signing. Right, now we go into our... I
1: I think it was probably a quick reaction when they realised Suter had had a setback. And I honestly think they had got him in short. I know that Stoke had been after him three or four years ago when obviously they were after somebody like Dwight Gale as well. And it's the story of Stoke at the moment they get players way too late. But um, they brought him in, as I think, as a short-term stopgap and somebody to fill in in injuries, and now that has changed. And I wouldn't mind thinking that I'm pretty sure Stoke will now be looking for another centre-half because Elkers doesn't seem, the legs don't seem to be as strong, although he was running on the pitch after the game yesterday. And I, I honestly feel that we need, we're looking for another centre-half now. That would make me think that Harry is going to be very touch-and-go about the World Cup. And as much as I'd love him to go for him, I'd rather have Harry Suter spending that uh, off-period training here and getting himself probably fit to play for Stoke. But him as a player, he'll want to go to the World Cup. And I think we're in a very difficult situation centre-half-wise now.
0: Hey, well... I agree with you. Harry Suter is key, and I, I de- but I still don't agree with signing a player. For me, for me, if you're going to bring a player in as a stopgap, then you're loaning a young lad in, Maybe could have brought Howard Bellish back to yeah, but that he wasn't period. He was always
1: going to go to
0: well, I know, but I meant some, somebody like him. I'd rather that oh, yeah. than bringing a, a yeah. retired in player that we wanted four years ago, I mean, why? Well, still having said that, listen, he might play out of his
1: skin next week. <coughs> plays, but I think Alka will play. One thing is for certain, right? We cannot play Jagielka and Flint
0: together. Absolutely no chance, no chance of doing that together. And if it does, we're going to be absolutely pasted. Right. So now we move into our other new signing, Loren who come in. Yeah. Now I was really disappointed with him at the start, um, but in the second half he got more into the game. He was really
1: ineffective as was to but we'll come on to Raita in a minute. But I thought um, he got better in the second half of the game and he, he certainly
0: put himself about a bit, uh, but he's not getting more than a five from Nick. Um, he gets a four from Laurent yesterday. I think first half he was overrun. Defensively, he didn't do his job as a holding midfielder because, let's be honest, he isn't one. Um, and to be honest, brought nothing to the table as a central midfielder. No real creative passing, no... Good one on ones or connections with other players on the pitch. His midfield was completely ineffective yesterday without any question of a doubt, and he, he gets a low mark because of that. I thought he did put some good challenges in the second half and he did improve, but not enough for what we need. And if we want to start, you know, really testing teams, I, I'm, I'm again looking at this side and thinking I, I'm not understanding what we've brought him in for if we're playing him as an old in midfield because I, I can't see him being one. To be honest yeah. you, you're taking away his best attributes which is running with the ball and you know you're trying to make him do defensive roles when he, he isn't his role at the end of the day right so now we move into for me probably the worst player on the pitch yesterday uh baker i don't think he's the worst on the on pitch i think
1: there was a couple worse than him and Wilmot probably being another, but I, I gave Wilmot the benefit of the doubt because he's not left-sided. I thought he was very ineffective, I mean there'll be a lot of people saying see how much Joe Allen does, but I don't think it was that. Uh, he didn't really do anything in the game apart from do things badly. Uh, and for that reason I, I'm a bit baffled. Um, he started off running around, he, he was better in the first half in, than he was in the second half. Um, it wasn't it was just you know he's been picked as a captain for his leadership skills uh, and I understand that and he was shouting a lot but he was so poor in possession yesterday it was frightening he was getting a four
0: Uh, he gets a one from me um, yesterday Baker I mean the reason why I was the worst player on the pitch Angers is he's an experienced pro, he's just been named captain and he's playing in his position so for me, not impressed at all. Heavy touches all over the game, kept conceding the ball, every pass seemed to go astray um, and then he started giving up on doing that later in the game. Um, he had a couple of opportunities as well where he could have had a shot from distance and I just think he, he held fire for some reason. I personally believe he was the worst player on the pitch because of those reasons. Um, He's got to improve, Ange. And I did say this at the start of the season, that I wouldn't have given him a contract until January came, that he proved that he he wasn't a blip, or he worked well with Alan, or he worked well with certain players that are now gone. All the pressure's on Baker now. He's been brought in, he's captain, he's been given a new contract. And if he now doesn't work out, we need to get more players in again. And this is why I said hold fire on his contract because if he does turn out to be a dud after his first season, like Klukas, like Ryan Woods, like so many of our signings, we we've got that option to get rid of him at the end of next season, or pay him up and get rid at the end of this season. But no, we've given we've 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 shot shot in the dark again and give him a long contract and he's not started well, Ange.
1: Yeah, well, so there's room for improvement. So let's hope
0: Saturday just does a blinder. Well, let's let there's a lot of hope in here, Andrew. And that what <laughs> what does hope do to you? you. Yeah, there we go. Right now, the man who I thought was never going to play for Stoke again somehow started in Sam Clucas. Yeah. Now
1: Sam Clucas did what Sam Clucas always does. Yeah, the badly and gets better or starts good and gets worse. Well, he started pretty well yesterday. Well, for ten minutes. I ran around. I I honestly don't understand how he's still here. Well, I do, because he's under contract. I do wonder if he was put on the pitch to see if somebody might like him or or want to take a chance on him. Um, He wasn't terrible. He wasn't very good. Uh, He disappeared after his good start, that's all I'll say, and I'm giving him a four as well.
0: Uh, he gets a four from me actually because I, I can't complain because I think he was probably the best midfielder on the pitch yesterday which shows you how far we've fallen. Again he started well and the reason why he's playing Andrew, and it's simple as this he's the only one that can do something with the ball. The fact of the matter is Baker can't do anything because we, we, we've seen that many a time and unless he's in a dead set position he doesn't really create things. Klukas can. We know he can. We've seen it in the past where he can hit create left foot strikes in the top corner. But that was a long time ago. And yesterday he faded out the game pretty quickly. There's no question of that. He, he turned into the usual Sam Klukas where he disappeared into the crowd pretty much. But at least he did things better than Baker did, for example. If we had two Bakers on the pitch yesterday, that could have been 8-0. Let's be brutally honest.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's the kind of barrel... Uh, yeah that's the kind of barrel I'm scraping now right so now we move into Dwight Gale
1: yes well I thought he moved around the pitch well I mean he's he's in tenability is everything that Flint isn't Um, you could see he was rusty and he hadn't played a proper league match for ages Um, I just hope it doesn't go the same with him as it's gone with other prolific scorers that we've had in the past uh, who've come to the club and then joined the graveyard of Stoke City Strikers. You could name one like Benny Kofovic yesterday, and incidentally he was running off the shoulder of players yesterday, but that was a bonus that he didn't score, but he looked far more lively yesterday playing for them than he ever did for us. Uh, he didn't get any service, Gail, uh, and he's a man that thrives on service, and if you don't give him service, as I say, you're know, during the graveyard of Strikers we've had in the past, um, so I'm giving him a six.
0: Uh, he gets six from me as well, Campbell. Uh, Gale, sorry Campbell, Gale does yesterday, um, he had a couple of good neat touches, but I'm not understanding the role he was playing, um, it's a, it's, we know what Gail is as is, is a good player, he's a, he's a finisher, you get him in a position where he scores the goals, but for some reason yesterday he was playing as a sort of anchor man, dropping deep to support Campbell. Which I didn't really understand. I, to be honest there was a lot of things I didn't understand yesterday. And that was one of them. He did do, do some really clever little touches though as well. A couple of nice turns that I noticed in the first half. Um, he tired pretty quickly yesterday. But that's only going to be understandable. Because he hasn't really played for Newcastle. He, he he didn't really have a pre-season with Castle up there as well. Because his time was up. And I think he will come good. But it's starting to really shine that... We need somebody playing off him rather than him playing off somebody yeah. else. Which yeah. I think any good manager with his salt knows what Dwight Gale's all about. And, and being that holding forward isn't what Gale's about. So he gets a six from me, Gale, and I think there's a bit of positivity there. Right, so we move moving to Tyrese Campbell. Now, one or two people said to me yesterday that they thought he was uh, the best player on the pitch and he looked
1: back to his best. I don't think he looks anywhere near back to his best. He looks more threatening, um, but you know we didn't have many shots on on target. He tried to be positive. He had the one shot that looked like we might score with it when the keeper almost did what the Swedish keeper did, um, and I was just willing it to go over the line, but it clearly didn't. Uh, and again, I'm not sure that you're going to have anybody like Campbell scoring if we don't play a different system um, at the moment because. There's just
0: nothing to run onto, nothing to threaten with. Uh so he's getting a six off me too. Um I was I was pleased. He's getting a six from me because he's not gonna beat Taylor. Um I thought he was good yesterday, Campbell. I thought okay. uh, very frustrating, there's no question of yeah. that, but he is a frustrating player, Tyrus Campbell, he is. <laughs> because I think Fuller was the same, Ricardo Fuller used to frustrate me, I was, I'd was, i be there screaming at him move 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 and then out of nowhere he'd have a touch bang goal and I'd go I, I, I love him! So it's one of them things. Campbell yesterday he, he tried a cheeky little shot from distance, be like that like Balakovich, the ex Southampton goal, he was and I thought it was going in, but he didn't. Um, but I thought, to be honest, I, every time I'm looking at Campbell in this system it just doesn't suit him either. Um, I'm looking at it, I'd, I've never really fancied Campbell as a out and out striker, I just never have I don't think he, he's good at running at defences, I think he's good at running from the wing and then in sort of like a right-sided version of Henri, if because if, he was playing the left didn't he, and cut in. Campbell's brilliant at cutting in it, it's his, it's, to be honest it's his biggest, biggest attributes to be honest is the way he cuts in beats a man and then has a shot on target and we're completely nullifying from that with his system. And he gets a six because I thought if anyone was going to score yesterday, it was going to be him. Let's face it. For me, for me, from the way we were playing, the way it was working, there was only going to be a goal from one man it was going to be him. I think he looks sharper than he does last season. There's no question of that. And I do feel like he's getting close to his best. But we're judging his best, dance from when he played off the right, aren't we? And that's the problem, he's not playing off the right, he's been told to be an out-and-out striker, which has never suited him, has it? So we we can only judge Campbell on what he's doing, and, and he had the best efforts, and to be honest, he was very unlucky, score, unlucky to score yesterday, so he get he gets a good performance from me. Right, so now we're going to the substitutes of the 58th minute, a very early substitution, to be honest, which was Brown for Gale. And one thing I'm going to say is, I've never known a team where your top goal scorer from last season... Doesn't start in the
1: new one. No, normally.
0: So we go into Campbell.
1: But I think that was. Um, I, uh, we're not going to Campbell. We're going to Brown. Hey yeah,
0: Brown, sorry, all um, over the place.
1: When, when you look at the reasons why he didn't start, I understand it. If, if he, I think he probably thought, well, I'll give Dwight Gale so many minutes, and then I'll bring Brown on. Um, I would have given Gale so many minutes and brought Campbell on. But there you go. That's we're all different. Uh, he ran around like he does. I mean, as soon as he came on, he ran around like an idiot and charged down a couple of crosses. But um, he can't fault him for his energy and his effort. Uh, and I think that makes up for a lot of his inadequacies. You can't knock somebody was your top scorer last season. But most of his passes went astray. And given that he came on uh, fairly late on, and well, not fairly late on, but he came on as a sub, he's getting a six.
0: Uh, he gets fired five from me, um, like always. Just carry on as normal. He did chase you and he hurried around into he was trying to keep the trying to get things moving. He did have a good Eddie late on as well yeah. I thought I thought it was a good movement from him. But to be honest, in was the time he was on the pitch he did more than Gale for me. I okay. Um I think Brown and Campbell don't suit each other, but I'm looking at the entire squad and, and nobody suits each other, I've got to be honest. We're so there's no link up anywhere, and the only link up I can think is Thompson and time That's the only one that I, where they go. They link up well. Nobody else does. I look at it. What the hell's going on with this squad? But for me, I think Brown should have started. I think he should have started with Campbell and then brought Gale late on for Campbell, and I think that would have been a more effective way round of doing it for me. Because Gale, we know, half a chance can score a goal. But the problem is with Brown, and I said this in pre-season. I don't know how he's going to fit Brown in, and I, and I thought this was going to happen where he was going to drop Brown because I don't think Brown will be starting many games now. The gales coming um, because he's not a knock on man, and he's not really an out and out striker, so he's sort of like like the Duncan Ferguson kind of role where it's, he's like in between of everything. Um, but it's glad that, I, I'm just very confused of how he didn't start that game, and that's But at least one good thing I'll say, Ange, at least we had an early sub. Yeah, I
1: mean, that is the positive of
0: the day. We had an early sub. Yeah, that's, that's that's a great thing to see. And But then we were followed up by another early sub, which was the man who, again, should have started, which makes no sense, which was um, Smallbone for Clucas in the sixty-six minute. I thought for the short time he came on, and he had less than half an hour, as you said, it's not a great
1: deal of time to judge, but he was... Um, I
0: thought he was fairly impressive for the time he was on, and I'll give him a six. Uh, another five, I, I think he's got a good, I think he, I think because we, uh, apparently we changed the tactics, I don't, I don't. I couldn't really see or hear it when I was listening, um, but I, I do think we're sort of again makeshifting him as a cam, I don't think he is a cam to be honest, I think he's got good technique and you could see a couple of good passes he was spraying around, which is a good sign, really, because we we are crying out for creativity in that midfield, and he has got a bit. But I think playing, t- I thought he was playing too high hands from what I was seeing of him. I think- it, it seemed like he was he was under pressure all the time to make a pass, and we did this to Vrancic last season, ruined him. Well, I say we, I mean Michael O'Neill. Um, I'm, I'm struggling to see positives out of this performance and I really am and I'm really worried right so now we move on to not Neil Kilgany Gavin Kilganny who a mistake earlier on if anyone notices uh, he came on for Wilmot in the 80th minute yeah well there wasn't enough time really to to say
1: anything about him so I hope he gets a
0: 5 off me uh, he gets a 5 but I was very impressed with how he got back um, to stop a counter-attack later on in the game. Yeah, he did that.
1: That was, that was very good.
0: It was very I remember that cl- quite clearly in a thought. Because I've been quite harsh to Neil Kilkenny. Sorry, Gavin Kilkenny, as we have got confused between the two. The personality. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I I don't know of him. I don't see him as an older midfield, but to be fair, he did more than Laurent with that comeback than I've seen from an older midfield that we've been trying out for the last two, three years, Andrew. I thought he really... He, he, he could fill that role now for me I, I know it's only one moment but he, I, I thought he covered, covered the defence quite well when he come on which is why he gets the solid 5 and I'm quite impressed right yeah. now the, the subs who weren't used I'm not actually sure you'll have to feed them in if you if you know them because I've got no information on them and I don't think anybody cares anyway but right no, so if you don't
1: use them they, they don't come on that's the end of it
0: yeah that's it there we that go, we go that, that's how we go it, it's quite simple really Right, so now we're going to move into the rumours that have come around this weekend. The only rumours that have sort of been flying is that Liam Delap might be coming from Manchester City.
1: Right, no. well, before you go into those rumours, I will say who the other subs were. Bottom was the goalkeeper, Jagielka, Brown came on, Thompson didn't, Smallbone, Smallbone came on, Gavin Kilkenny came on and Tom Sparrow didn't, so those were the other subs. Um, the rumours that are going around about Liam Dillap um, seem to be gathering pace. Um, um, I'd, I'm pretty sure that Stoke have got a strong interest in Liam Dillap, but so will other people as well. Um, would we be favoured to get him? I um, have no idea. But um, there's rumours about Byrne coming in too. We certainly, certainly need somebody in um, and... Even if we get Dilap in, is he going to answer all the problems?
0: No. <laughs> Simple as that, no. Do
1: that then, so we'll move on. I mean, if you're talking, I know, I know that I don't think anything will happen this week. I think it'll be right down to the wire, which brings you on to how we're going to survive. There's a lot of people at the moment that are already saying get rid of him now. Um, If you you look at it realistically, the board never do knee-jerk reactions. Uh, They always wait sometimes, well mostly too long. I can't see anything happening inside of this transfer window. But I do feel that if Stoke have a bad result next week, the ground will turn toxic. Um, But you should never base anything. And I know we can turn around and say the pre-season's been the same. should never base anything on the first few results of the season why? well you can always turn back and say Nottingham Forest last season, they were dire they were going nowhere, Barsley the season before did the same Um, so I'm going to keep my powder dry uh, until the transfer windows closed and that's after 8 matches and I did say to you we could be adrift by that stage and have too much to do to get in the playoffs but until that point is reached whereby we've got all the signings to this half of the season. I'll I'll keep my powder dry, but he's not a fool, Michael O'Neill, and he will know that um, next Saturday, no matter what you said to me about uh, talking about pressure after one game, the pressure's on and the fans. Uh, if, can you imagine if Blackpool score first on Saturday?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But my decision's made now. On the manager hand.
1: No, I know it is, and, yeah, that, and everybody's entitled to that decision. And I'm not saying I'm not concerned, but what I am saying is, no owner of any football club will act after one match, least of all ours, who in the past we know have given people too many times. Mark Hughes would have probably stayed in the job if Stoke hadn't lost to Coventry Cam- Cam- that time.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right
1: yeah. We, we thought we thought that Nathan Jones was going to get the chop. And then, then he was back at a press conference the following week, we're all scratching our head. But there will come a time when um, the owners will have to act if things don't change around. And the other thing is that we could win the next three matches, this is how football fans are, and he'll be, he'll be God again. It's the fickle nature of football supporters.
0: Yeah, but the problem is, Andrew, we aren't going to win three straight games, you know that as well as I do. I prob- prob- don't
1: know that. I would say it was doubtful, but um, for me, next Saturday is massive for for two reasons. One, obviously, the result. I don't think the system Stoke playing at the moment suits the players they've got, and I just wonder if you'll think about changing the system. Or hopefully, we'll have somebody in to help the likes of Gale and whoever he plays up front with him. But for me, the first name on the team sheet next Saturday would be Jordan Thompsons
0: well it wouldn't be mine mine would um, obviously be Ben Wilmot but f- for me with what we've just been talking about and you're, you're absolutely right and that's the re- thing I want to talk about which is what I've obviously been talking about since the start of the show we've brought players in because my O'Neill wants to play a certain way yeah. which is obvious isn't it really he wants to play their system that we played, and Ange, have you? Do you think we've bought a single player in that suits this system? No. Which comes down to the basic truths that we aren't using analytics.
1: Well, I don't know whether we're, I mean I do know we're using analytics. What what the argument would be is that we're using analytics, which probably doesn't justify the system we are playing. And we know that Ben Wilmot has been shoehorned into a position he doesn't play at, at this moment in time. So we, I know we use analytics and I'm, I'm pretty sure the analytics will prove that players are doing things that you would expect in the positions you're playing them in. But that doesn't mean the player will not do them, sorry, the player will do them because he doesn't know how to play that position. I mean, Ben Wilmot, when he came, he looked a real deal, didn't he?
0: Well, he did. When he plays He's right centre-back, there. he still does.
1: England was too deep. Mark looked like he was going to have a nosebleed if he
0: crossed the halfway line. That's not a wing-back. No, no, because it isn't a wing-back. And the thing is with analytics, analytics are supposed to look, go out there and find players that suit that system that the manager's playing by bringing in players that know how to play them roles and are very efficient and good in them roles. That's what analytics does. I don't think we do have analytics, I'll be brutally honest, because the signings make no sense to if we did. I think we've got analysts, and I think we've got a scouting network, I truly believe, and I think that's under, under-resourced as well. But when I look at what we're looking at here, Harry Clark is a perfect example of a non-right wing-back right-back that we brought in again. I look at Flint, who's been brought in, fair enough, he might have been brought in to be a third, fourth-choice centre-back, but again, he's not going to suit what we're trying to do. He's got no pace, can't pass the ball, which means he's pointless at a three-man back, back line. You know, I look also at Timon, and we brought in, what was it, McCarran, who from Leeds, who's probably the only one I look at who is, who is a left wing-back, to be fair, but he's still not getting played over Timon. I'm looking at Laurent, who is a box-to-box attack, well, not attacking, but foot-enforcer in the midfield, who's playing as a holding midfielder. That isn't his position, which, again, would an analytics team would pick up on very quickly. I'm looking at Gale playing is a as a holding forward like I I still don't I I like the Gale signing but I don't understand it after watching the Millwall game because straight away I'm I'm looking at it going have you brought him in to be a holding forward because he that isn't his game and an athletic system would pick up on that what about signing Liam Delap? and because Liam Delap's tall we're looking at it and going oh well he'll be a good knock on man Well, if if we had any analytic system in there, which I've looked at and done the research on myself, Liam Delap's not really that great in the air. He's actually better. He's more like a crouch, a technical, tall player. So he won't suit what we're trying to do when we try to put loose balls up and knock it down to get Campbell or Gale away. And then you look at Smallbone as well, who's been fitting in as a cam, and that's what Michael O'Neill said he brought him in to be, a cam. And I could see after 15 minutes of him coming on against Millwall, he's not a cam. So again, that's analytics not doing its job if there is one there. I doubt there is. I'm truly honest because of every signing I've seen this season. I look at the... There's just no cohesion. Nobody's linking up. The whole team doesn't suit yeah, the system it's for play. one game. It's yeah, I know it's one game. It, it's one game, Ange, But I can see from the friendlies all the way from that first game that I've seen us play, Harry Clark is never going to be a right wing-back. I could tell because he... Uh, you can see that he, he's terrified of running forward with the ball. I was watching him, I watched the highlights, I watched twice, I was looking and then I watched. I managed to get a link to the whole game and I watched I watched a good 60 minutes before I went work and I watched him he's never a right wing back in a million years, same as Tommy Smith wasn't but the, when I look at it and I'm looking at these players hands, they're all out of position and then I look at the statistics which is what an analyst would have done they would have seen that now and again. They've played in the positions that we've brought them in to play. We did it last season. We've done it again this season. Where again we've looked at a player who recently has played. Maybe as a right wing back when he was on loan at Hiber- Hibernian. But it's not his position. Now an analytics team would pick that up instantly. And look at different targets. So for me when we say we've got it Ange. The proof is already there that we don't.
1: Mm. It's well, there. Well I <laughs> mean yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you, I understand what you're saying, I'm not saying I disagree with what you're saying, but um, they absolutely uh, need to make some changes for Saturday, and I think there will be changes made on Saturday, and my goodness, uh, the first two changes I would make, I don't think I'd play Flint, and I certainly wouldn't play Cookers.
0: Um, I agree with you and I think that with this playing this small bone as a Cam needs to stop, I think we need to go back to a 4-2-3-2, two, two. I think if that makes sense, and just thinking on the spot there, but we, we need to go with a more wing based system for me, we're going to have to bring right Phillips into play on the left, Campbell on the right, with Gail from we're gonna to have to make serious changes and this is bad when we talk about analytics teams and all that lot. that we're already after one game going our system isn't working which is really bad for our transfer team entered Andre but, but
1: but yeah I, and I think the team is completely unbalanced it is and if, if you don't get another signing in for the weekend and by the way there's a rumor going around that Tom Edwards is on his way back now I think Tom Edwards will be coming back but I don't think Tom Edwards will be coming back because Michael O'Neill thinks he's the answer to the fullback position. But if Tom Edwards is coming back then I think he could prove that he would be an asset to this team. But going back to the balance of the team, I'd still definitely play Bursic next week. And um, if you've got no option at fullback then you're going to stick with Clark and put Taylor, Jagielka and Timon in. And then I'd have Baker and Maron, and then
0: I'd have Campbell, Smallbone, I'd play Brown and Gale up front. Right, so so we're getting into, so we're getting into the Blackpool, obviously. I'm not looking forward to that game, I'll be honest. him. If it was me, basic obviously stays in goal because I think he did well enough to stay in. The back three for me would be Wilmot, Taylor and have we got any other academy? Name me a couple of academy players. Um, cool.
1: You've got Sparrow as the only one anywhere
0: near and he's a fullback and you aren't going to play Sparrow. Right then, so if I'm forced, I'd probably put Jaggy Elker in. Um, I'm forced to there though. Um, left wing back, I would go with timing as, as well. Right wing back, I'm going to go out completely outside the box, but I'm going to put Laurent there. No, not on the right back, not right wing back. I won't put. Oh, to be honest, I won't put Fox in me. Um, I would not trust him clean my car. To be honest, never mind playing the Stoke team. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the rent there in the right wing back role because I think that's a position that I think he could do. From what I saw, he's tough enough, he's strong enough, and he's definitely quick enough and if we can put him on that position he could actually bomb the team forward which is what I'm looking at because we can't sign a right wing back for love and money and let's be honest our, our analytics team if we've got one couldn't sign a check um, I'm going to go with holding midfielder I'm going to go with Kilkenny from what I saw of that 10-12 well, minutes I saw on the pitch um, Baker I'm going to drop um, I'm going to put Smallbone in with Klukas just to try and bring a bit more engine to the team and try to have a bit more creativity because Baker deserves nothing to be sitting on the bench after that performance against Millwall. Um, then I would put Brown with Wright-Phillips. Okay. No sorry Brown with Gale. i will put Brown with Gale. Okay but you, if you look at the, the Blackpool <laughs> game I think the guy that ran us all over the pitch last year was a bloke named Bowler.
1: I think he played for Blackpool and he, he, he absolutely won the game on, on, on his own. Um, but from my perspective, when we had Tony Pulis as manager and to a certain extent when Mark Hughes took over, he inherited Tony Pulis' defence.
0: Yeah.
1: It was only when we dismantled that defence that the thing started going wrong. And years ago, you know, everybody used to say, you build from the back, you have a spine of the team. Our defence worries me
0: oh it's it's it's, it's, it's 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 poor it
1: was great
0: it's rubbish it's our defense is is the weakest link in our team at the moment well see now it isn't the weakest I, well it, yeah right I'll, I'll back up that. it is the weakest because our experienced players are too old and then our best defenders at the moment are kids pretty much well we we'll wilmot's in between Into he? he's, he's getting mid-eight mid-twenties now any so oh yeah that team is shocking Ang. That defence is shocking. Timer can't defend. Harry Clark can defend, but can't do anything else. We look at this right centre-back who is playing left centre-back, which is Wilmot. Um, we'll put Wilmot where he plays, please. If you, if you see Michael O'Neill before Saturday, can you please tell him to play Wilmot in his position? I'll ask him with pleasure,
1: but there's something else that has to be factored into the Blackpool game. Our record at home against Blackpool, you know, people are <clears> saying, well, It'll be a much easier game than Millwall. It won't because no, I've against Blackpool. It was awful. No, it's been awful for
0: years. And plus, Blackpool are a very good, quick team. They have they're going from strength to strength the way they're doing business. Well, they the seem. For yeah. me,
1: is that the manager the now manager at Blackpool, Michael Appleton, is um, is a personal friend, and um, I don't even know whether I want to see him after the match. I'll certainly see him pre match because I can have a dig at him then, but. Uh, I'm just, you know, Michael's a very, very uh, astute football
0: manager and he's been on well and I wish him all the best. But after next weekend. Yeah, I second that. I hope he does get well. i he's not been very well as well. And we'll go into predictions, Ansh. what are you going to go with for the Blackpool game? Oh, 2 1. Stoke. Where are you getting that from, Ansh? Please, please, t- for, for me and all the listeners, please tell me where you're getting that from.
1: Because- I do honestly think that uh, we'll just have enough to win. I think they'll score first, because that will really turn the crowd off. And I just think that we'll score... uh, Brown will score, and Campbell will score. Uh, 2-0 Blackpool. Well... Thank you very much for yet another entertaining
0: Sunday. Well, I'm sorry, I got the prediction last, right last week on 2-0. No,
1: but
0: you've got to fall off your oars at some time. I've already 1-0 up. One game in, 1-0 up. I've also got the England one result right. I'm hoping this one's wrong. I really, truly do. But I can't see anything, unless there's a drastic change in the formation or two or three players coming in, Ange. I can't see an improvement. I can't see us creating chances enough to give Blackpool a game. And I think Flint will play again and that Blackpool team who we know have got a really quick forward line will absolutely murder us
1: well I don't think you'll ditch the five at the back I really don't um, I think you'll make three changes and I sometimes wonder if you know like he tinkers not as bad as Nathan Jones did but I, I, I think you've just got to have faith in the players with the odd exception and that,
0: that odd exception for me would definitely be Flint yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I don't like being right, but I'm right about Aiden Flint, <laughs> let's be honest. I think even you agree with me on that one as well, that <laughs> the man's done. Um, right, so uh, we will t- we've just been, we-, we sort of glossed over the transfer rumours. Obviously, Liam Delap has been linked, and that's it, really. Um, but we are apparently looking for two defenders. And from what I'm looking at, Angie, it seems quite clear they're going to be two centre-backs. I think Alfie Morrison has gone quiet, because I'm hearing...
1: Um, he's not going to come yeah, I'm
0: hearing he's going Norwich. Um yeah. so I think that position's now become very clear it's it's the number one priority for our defence since it is a left sided centre back if we're gonna consist with the three at the back. Yeah, I agree. It's it's gotta be done.
1: Yeah.
0: And obviously a right wing back's gonna be in, but I think with the new owners at Derby, I don't think Nathan Byrne's gonna be coming stoke.
1: Well, we'll just have to hope that somebody comes that can play. Otherwise, get your boots out.
0: Exactly, I, I could fill in that role, even though I was more of a left-sided player. Now, we, we've talked about that. What about Dehani? Do you reckon he should come in for the Blackpool game?
1: Um, I would rather him not, because uh, with the best will in the world, I don't think he's good enough, and I don't mean any harm to the man at all. I just don't think he's good enough. Do you think he's
0: good enough? I think he's better than Clark in that position. Oh
1: my god!
0: I do. I do. I'm sorry, but I do. I think at least Duhany is can at least run forward. But I think we're gonna with how bad of a signing Harry Clark is from what I've seen. I think we've got to look outside the box for that right wing back until we can get somebody in. I think Laurent or Kilgani. Somebody's going to have to play there, even Wilmot maybe, to play in that role because I I can't see Harry Clark. Suiting that system for a load of the money. Now, if we change to a four-four-two or a flat back line, then Harry Clark will do all right. But if we're trying to tell him to break forward and, and swing balls in, it's not going to happen. And, well, I, and I'm, again, I'm angry because Tommy Smith was such a bad signing last season. And I thought, well, we can't get worse. Wow, been proven. Yeah, I, I, I
1: think at this moment in time, when you look at the way we're playing. Uh, they look weaker than they did last season, but that's easy to say when you've lost players like of the quality of Alan, Baranchuk and Soyers. And I mean Soyers, you have to laugh—he scored a goal yesterday that was never got a shot in a million years. But that's just the way the luck is. It comes to Stoke, it goes out. It goes somewhere else, it
0: goes in. To be honest, with what we've brought in, Angela, I'd, I'd even take Soyers now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got to be honest. And to be honest, this is what I'll say: all the players that I'd left, I'd probably take them back. Yeah. I would, I'd take them back. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'd, I'd take them back now. You know, sometimes you are Betty with the devil you know, aren't you really, sometimes? Absolutely, yeah. And we've been completely proven right because we bought a bunch of kids and people, let's be honest, half of them I've never heard of. Right, so I put a question up this week on Instagram, straight after the game actually. I said, do us fans deserve Betty from what's been going on at the moment? And wow they've been flying in the numbers Um, I've got 17 yeses 100% from Jay Not really says Rich Moore So I think he's a Vale fan Sam Robbo yes Sam Robbo also put in um, (coughs) Manager good players I don't know where he's getting good players from We've got a yes We've got manager no Owner yes Michael O'Neill out Michael O'Neill out Michael O'Neill out Yeah. Michael O'Neill out. You get in the picture. So we're going to have to discuss that, and because I put the question up about what do we think of Michael O'Neill, and I'll be honest, the the question I put up it got a ninety-seven percent out on Ange. Well, you know, if you put that up in three weeks'
1: time, when they won uh, three matches, they'll have him the as God. I don't honestly think um, you will get. Any, look. There's a toxicity about the football club at the moment, uh, on everything, because of the past five years of, let's be honest, poor football. I think Michael O'Neill is a really decent human being. Unfortunately, he knows, you know, and I know, is that you don't win football matches, you get the sack normally. I can't see... You get rid of him, and I know that there's a, a real reason why many would want to get rid of him. I'm not happy with the results. Nobody can be happy with the results, even less happy with the way the players are playing. Right? However, until somebody tells me that this manager, who is going to replace Michael O'Neill, will come in, will work with the same backroom staff for no money, have no money to, to buy players, tell me that they can improve the team at that point, and get them into the top six, then that's fantastic. But I do not believe that there is a manager out there at the moment. People are talking about Sean Dash. Do you really think he's going to come here and work for no money with the players we have got? Not a cat in hell's chance. So until somebody tells me that that manager is there who is willing to come here and turn players who are, well, Pig's ears to silk purses. That's all I'm saying. It's not going to happen. And yes, I know he's had his hands tied behind his back. Yes, I know he's had no money to spend. I look at that squad and I think they should be better than where they are. I don't believe that there is a manager out there at the moment that will get much more out of that squad. That's all I'm saying, under the circumstances upon which he's operating. Do I think the club will act? I think if Stoke are not looking very good around October time, they may well act. But they won't act now.
0: No, I agree, they won't. They won't. They'll not wait till it's possibly either too late or... it's. Ask get-
1: me, Ian, who's going to come in? You honestly think that Dice is going to come in with no money to spend? Bear in mind, he's going to want half those players gone, they can't go who's going to come in and turn that round like turning the
0: Titanic round well I haven't got an answer but Viper does Now, the world famous Viper who works at my place has come in going with something that I'd probably take at this moment it Pulis till the end of the season then look at Sean where when FFP has ended and financial pounds are available to spend what do you reckon to that Ange I reckon there's more
1: chance of plotting fog
0: so that's a no, Andy? That's a no! <laughs> it's a no!
1: No, no, no!
0: So that's a no? <laughs> Not a maybe. <laughs> 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 I, to be honest, at this moment in time, Ange. I'd take that. Well, great! And well, I'm sure that's one, but
1: I don't think he'd come back under those circumstances.
0: I don't think he'd wait for John, Woody he? <laughs> let be brutally honest. Not.
1: I never thought of that. I
0: just, um, <laughs> I just
1: wonder you know what? I, I don't. I think we're in a situation which, for some reason, we felt that we were um, above. Because lots of other clubs have got. Look at Sunderland; how they've gone over the years, and, and the mismatch of players, people, owners, managers they've had, the money they've lost. And maybe because we thought we were special after 10 years. We're not, we're no spe- not special. You know, we're absolutely not special. We've, we've just gone in a route that many clubs have, um, uh, have gone before. I've got a lot of sympathy for the bag of excrement that Michael O'Neill inherited, right? Um, but I'm disappointed that he's not done better with the limited resources he's had. And he did really well at Northern Ireland with similar limited resources, and that's not um, that's not really worked with him at Stoke. I, I, and I think fans are becoming disengaged. And I don't know now where it will go. but um, if we could get somebody like Etterbo, I mean Etterbo is sitting there just waiting to leave the club, his agent will tell him when to go. That will free up some money off the wage bill if they can get him out before the end of the, seat, the end of the transfer window, which they have got to. Um, then, then obviously we've got a chance of getting somebody else in. But I think a lot of our fans just want what we had with TP—the the four four two, the kick and rush, the the run in at the corners. It was exciting. Uh, we loved it because it was us against the world and. Um, and that was brilliant because Tony Pulis has got the best out of the fans. This guy doesn't have the same affinity with the fans. Yeah, undoubtedly he he saved us from relegation and undoubtedly he, he's had lots of troubles. But um, we aren't the only team that play a back five, you know. If if you look at, say, Antonio Conte, he did that with Chelsea. He's done it with Tottenham. I just think that the problem with Michael O'Neill is it's not being deployed properly, it isn't the formation that's wrong, it's it's not being deployed
0: properly. No I agree with you, I'm not saying it's all Michael O'Neill's fault, I, I mean I do want to, I, I, well it's not that I do want to, about. it's just that because we're so rubbish at the moment and I've been for such a while, I just want something to happen and you would, for me the, the problem is the transfer system and I keep, I've been saying this now for about seven years and don't me tell you what's changed absolutely sod all you know the problem is we, Michael O'Neill has clearly got a system because he's been containing with this for two years but we've had four goes we've had no three goes at a right back still can't get a right wing back in we've had two goes at a left wing back still haven't bought a left wing back in Or we did but he's now at Luton we we just can't seem to sign anybody of quality our best players reach in recent years since we've been in the championship let's be honest have all come through the academy? Yeah, they have. And that's the thing that's frightening. I, I mean, you you name me a top signing we've made since we've been in the chat. Return to the championship. I'm not. I can't. I I can't see. I'm really struggling. I'm I, I, Somebody asked me this. And it's such a good question. Well, I suppose you would turn around and say Jacob Brown, wouldn't you? Because he's become a much
1: better player and scored scored G- goal. I mean, that's what
0: you would say, I guess. And, and we spent 120 million, and we're look, looking at a one, a £1 million pound signing from Barnsley. Yeah, but we haven't
1: spent
0: 120 million in Michael O'Neill's time. No, uh, yeah, right. I'm, I'm not saying that. The, the, the whole picture is bigger than the manager, which is the that, that's the biggest problem I'm talking about with Stoke fans. Ange, we have this thing in Stoke because we're such a because we were. St- I'd probably say during the glory years of the Premier League, when it rose up and, and everything was being flooded into the Premier League, Stoke was sort of a forgotten club then, weren't they? Yeah. We, we were a forgotten club. So by the time we did get to the big league, which was what, 20 years later was it? 30, no, 30 odd years later, wasn't it? We, in, in Stoke, I've noticed with our fan base, don't seem to know where to put the blame. And I've noticed that. And I'm looking at when we've, like I say, we've spent $140, 150000000 whatever it is, on wages plus transfers as well. And in those five years, we can only name Jacob Brown as a good signing. But we're still all blaming the manager. Yeah. That's one thing I notice about Stoke fans. When is that? When is that tide going to change and start being no aimed idea. at the people who are actually doing this?
1: Honestly, I've no idea. And one thing we didn't mention, for bad luck, right, and it just seems to be the way it goes with Stoke, uh, Richard Cresswell's son scored both the goals. And Crazy played well for Stoke, but then this lad we hear wouldn't have played if the, the defenders had been fit. So everything that can go wrong goes wrong with Stoke, doesn't it?
0: Well, it does, yeah, it does. It, it it's just continually keeps going wrong, and has been going wrong for a long time. It's got to be seven years, hasn't it, that the club's been going wrong. Yeah. And you were talking about it before, and we'll have a quick brush on it before we we obviously end the podcast. Have you ever known a season where nobody's interested as much as this one? Uh,
1: I have, but it was a long, long time ago. It was the season after the Holocaust, as it was described season. Um, I have, but not for a long, long time.
0: Um, I, I, I've never known this.
1: No, well... You know that's one of
0: the joys of being a stoke fan um but that's it's just it's bad this year i'll give you that i'll be honest i, I normally when it work everybody's excited we're all talking or or not excited but we're talking and everybody's talking nobody's interested i, I spoke no. to scott and barb none of them are bothered not interested at all I mean, Scott's been trying to have a bit of a conversation about about Stoke and all that lot. and But we're all the same. Nobody cares. Nobody's interested. We're, we're just do going. You
1: care, but you just don't want to care because you know you're going to get hurt at the moment. And one thing I will say, because I know we're running out of time and we've got to go, is whether Stoke fans, and I'm included in this, whether Stoke fans talk about transfers, formation of the team, selection, even commercial stuff, right... We simplify everything, because as fans, it's just black and white to us. But there are other things that go on in the background that we don't know about. You know, we might have agreed terms with a certain player, for example, and then he wants more money or somebody comes in and presumpts us, which is probably going to happen this year. We might reclaim the formation we're playing for reasons that you and I will never know. God, I don't know what those reasons will be. But it's all very easy for us. It's like the five, nearly six million Stoke have spent in the close season on improving the ground. There isn't another football club in the land, Premier League or Championship, who have spent that much money on the infrastructure of the stadium. So you can't say that um, the owners don't care. They do care. And to me, it all comes back down to they could do with somebody who knows football sitting with them but has nothing to do with the running of the club so they're just in here to talk to them so they can turn around and say why are you buying him why is the manager doing that and there isn't that and now Peter's obviously less and less involved because of his age Um, John doesn't have the gravitas and he, he doesn't come over in the same manner as his dad that's my concern i think that um everybody at that football club who owns it you're not going to pee all that money down the drain and not be fed up I, I honestly believe that um they want the best for the club and we're going to a dreadful time i don't know how we're going to get out of it but they'll do everything possible they can but throwing money at it hasn't worked and maybe we are impatient uh, maybe we are fed up but i wouldn't swap places with my owners i would keep our owners they just need they just need a not a break but somebody to sit them down and get them on the right path again because i think we've deviated
0: oh yeah it's definitely deviated there's no question of that I, I, I think they are good owners for for what what we need but it seems like it seems like we're not doing enough at all it, my issue with the owners is is the transfer system, and the, it seems like every—I mean, I'm, I'm, every year I'm looking at it, going, "Why have we signed him? Or why have we got him? Why have we bought a right back in? A right wing back? A right back in? when we need a right wing back. Why have we bought Gatland to play as a centre forward when we need a striker? <laughs> every, every time I look at him, I'm like, it makes no sense. And then I look at uh, Brentford. But you
1: have to laugh, don't you? Because if you
0: didn't laugh, you'd cry. I'm—I am crying. But I, yeah. I look at well, like Brentford. I'm a little
1: bit older than you, not much, but a little bit older and wiser than you, and there's no point. Because you support a team through thick and thin. And I tell you now, if Stoke do Wick win next Saturday, win the following week against Morecambe in the, in the League Cup, win the following week at Uddersfield, Michael O'Neill will be back in Godland. Because that's what we do as football fans
0: but i think there's more chance of platinum fog like you said earlier <laughs> but we'll get we'll go with that and we'll we'll call time, Alex. I think it's been a good one, an interesting one. We've dived dal- deep into our crap in stoke car at the moment, but the ladies have won, and they've got sponsorship, which is the main bit of news that's come out of this week. Forget the men; the women have done a brilliant bit of business there. They got. A, it, 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 let's hope they go from strength to strength. And you never know; we might be all going down there watching them. In the WSL going? What men's team? No one's interested. That that could be the future. Yeah. So I'm thanks for thanks if for that and In the
1: elections, please vote for. Whoever
0: you want to, but vote for me. Vote for Ian. Yep, I will be putting myself forward. That's one that I'm going to say. I will be putting myself forward again. I didn't. I missed out last year because I just put. I, I I got confused of what you had to do, and I just put. I think. Hi, I'm Ian. I'm going for it. And then I thought you had to put me. What I wanted to change in after that. This time I will do it right. If you can't vote for me, it means a lot to me, and plus I can get in there and keep Ange on her toes, because it needs to happen, because from what I've heard in there, it's like the prawn sandwich brigade. They need something young, fresh, with some good ideas. And I'd just like
1: to say, Ian, you've just spoken the biggest load of whatever possible. Don't vote for Ian, vote for me. Have a lovely week.
0: So not a positive start to the season we all we're hoping for, but let's carry on. We're going to carry on with the Potter's Podcast. We're going to be here next week as usual, and make sure you tell your friends about it and, and follow us on all podcast platforms. We're on there, so if you're new to this and you've seen a link, just get yourself on it. Find the Potter's Podcast, which is easy, just type in the name. You'll find us, share us, and link to us every week. If you want to get more involved, get yourself on Facebook or Instagram, and be a part of the Potter's family. We've got the Potter's group page as well, which you can get on easy as pie. So thanks for listening. ta All the best.